Buzzcasters. Hope you're all having a wonderful week. Uh, my week has been pretty all right, actually. It hasn't been too bad. Uh, kind of getting back into the swing of things, more or less. Uh, but yeah, I just hope you're all doing all right. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, today's episode is all about the... Could you call it iconic? I mean... Hmm... I don't know if I, I don't know if iconic is like the right word for it, but certainly the like the the more or less well-known movie of Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Uh and we're going to get into it in a moment. First, a uh, couple quick little headlines just to just off the top of the show here. Uh not much new. Um there's a couple like Fox News headlines, but I just in general I don't pay attention to anything Fox News ever says or does, so I'm not going to bother giving it my attention. Uh, However, uh, I think right now we've got some news about uh, the residential communities that Disney has been developing. Uh, So for those of you who don't know, uh, back in February, uh, Disney had announced that they were going to be doing like a first, its first development, like an actual residential community with 1,900 housing units including single-family homes and condos in Southern California's Rancho Mirage. Uh, this place will be called uh, Cotino, I believe is what it's called, uh, with shops and a beachfront hotel. We'll, uh, all of this will be, will kind of surround, will, will ring a 24-acre lagoon. Uh, some of the neighborhoods will be reserved for residents age 55 and older. I don't know why, and yet, there you go. Um, it's kind of focusing on this thing called story living, which I think is basically just going to be like the developers are kind of going to create from what I understand, it's going to be, uh, more or less like bringing a small scale Disney to just your class, just to on a residential level. Not that they're going to be like doing crazy Disney things, but like bringing more small scale. They're going to be doing, uh, some, like some uh, Disney programming and as well as uh, working with residential communities and things. Uh, the owner of Disneyland and Disney World formed a new business unit, Story Living by Disney, to create the master plan communities in partnership with landowners, developers, and home builders. The Coutinho project is with DMB Development. So, yeah, uh, it's basically just going to be like a little community. Uh the effort is reminiscent of Celebration, a master-planned community in Florida founded by Disney in the 90s and turned over to its residents. So kind of like that, but probably with a little bit more actual, like, uh, watch over by the actual Disney people. So, yeah, so that's happening. Uh, so ba- I, I guess basically in layman's terms, it's like a smaller uh, version of Celebration Florida into California, more or less. Uh, of course, uh, not much update in, uh, I saw a headline here talking about the, uh, this, the Disney losing its self-government concept, which I believe it already has. So it's not much news there. Disney, uh, Disney world, I believe is no longer self-governing. So haven't really seen or heard much in regards to the outcome of that, but that's that. So Yeah. Uh, not much in terms of headlines. Uh, Lightyear is officially out. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, that's most definitely on my list of things to do soon. Uh, I know I'm way behind on watching it, but I'm, I can't wait to see it soon. My plan is to see it early next week. Uh, and then I'll be able to give like a nice little, uh, 
actual like uh, talk about it uh, or talk about it. Uh, not not a full review, but just at least just to just to talk a little bit about it. But for now, uh, oh, actually, I should mention. Um, so actually, so okay, so this isn't a headline, but it is something in regards to Lightyear. So Lightyear has come out. Uh, they're they've included the 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 same sex marriage scene, the kiss. The whole thing is basically like uh, Buzz kind of goes off in space, comes back in like in increments, and his a friend of his, uh, who I believe is voiced by Uzo Aduba, uh, is gay, and she he comes back. She sees him. She sees her. Or Buzz sees her with her partner, and then they're married, and they have a kid, and so on and so on. And it's very sweet. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Now, of course, of course, the fucking Christians are up in arms about it, how it's awful, how it's indoctrination, and all this other, these stupid, stupid arguments that I, I, I try, I'm, it's easy to ignore because they're such bullshit arguments but at the same time, it's important to know that there are still people who think this way, and there are still people who are so vehemently against queer people and just their existing that, you know, they're willing to make full-on Facebook pages called Christians Against Buzz Lightyear, basically, all just being very, very mad that there is a lesbian couple in a beautiful marriage with a child in a beautiful happy relationship because god forbid god forbid gays be happy so fuck them they are awful people and i'm not holding and I'm, I'm done holding back about it i'm done being quiet about it just fuck them they're assholes i'm done <laughs> so to bring it bring it back a little bit i got a little grumpy there um uh, yes. Okay. So, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is this adorable movie. It's very silly. It's basically just about uh, this inventor who invents a shrinking machine, uh, and accidentally, and it accidentally goes off and it shrinks his kids, and then his kids have to basically traverse their backyard in order to let his de- let their dad know so that the dad can reverse the prog- the, pro- the problem. That's effectively the whole story of the movie. Now, the cool thing about this movie that I think is really awesome is actually the effects of the film. So, yeah, so let's start from the beginning. So we have uh, it's neighbor two neighboring houses, right? We have the Salinskys and, uh, and the Thompsons. So the Thompsons are like one family. They're just trying to be a normal family um, with two boys. And then the Salinskys are kind of a weird quirky family because the dad is is like an inventor the mom is a real estate agent uh the with with a son and a daughter the younger son is you know also quirky and math and sciencey and stem you know uh leans in, into stem and stuff like that so it's not that the families like war against each other but they're very different and they both think that each other are very strange which is kind of funny uh we have Wayne Selinsky who is played by the ever iconic uh, the Canadian icon, comedic icon himself, Rick Moranis. Uh, I don't care what other people say. He will forever be that because, you know, yeah, he's ours. He's Canadian. You can't have him. Too bad. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and basically he's trying to create this laser that can successfully shrink matter. 
that's his thing because he wants to he wants to pitch it to uh, to like I guess like shipping agents or, or like shipping uh, companies and stuff like that because then it's just easier for them to be able to ship their product and stuff like that right he's that's basically the whole concept now unfortunately he is unsuccessful in doing so so uh, it kind of puts a bit of a strain on the marriage we don't see much of the strain all we know is that it the the movie kind of starts off. Uh, actually, I should point out that the movie started with the opening. The opening credits of this movie is like one giant animation, like short of these two kids who are like running around trying to like escape being like caught or squished and stuff. It's very fun. The animation, I it was definitely like, oh, that's how this movie starts. It's very silly. So, uh, yeah. So the the all we really understand is that the older sister, who's definitely like you know probably a mid-teen uh tells the tells her younger brother that like or is like talking to a friend and like mom and dad had a fight and mom stayed at at, like uh grandma's house and stuff like that so we can see that there is some turmoil within the marriage right and it's most likely just you know your classic dad's working too much mom's working too much there's conflict there you know it's that kind of thing so it's low level turmoil i suppose in some ways but still now, cut to next door. We have uh, these. Uh, we have the two parents of the other uh, of the other folks. Uh, we have uh, Russ and May Thompson. Uh, I guess Russell Senior because the, uh, the their son is named Russell Junior. Uh, May Thompson is played by Christine Sutherland, whom, if you know, uh, she is Buffy's mom. Uh, she's Joyce Summers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I saw her and I was like, oh shit, it's, oh, oh my God, it's her. Uh, so that was really great. But uh, their boys are, you know, they're your classic, your classic young boys. Like there's the older teenage boy who doesn't, who isn't sure what he wants to do. His dad's trying to push him into doing football or lit, weightlifting. And it very much has like this, like, this is what you need to be. This is how you need to be, you know, that kind of thing. And then the younger, the younger son who's, you know, uh, I don't know, probably early teens, like maybe 12, 13 uh it's just you know he just kind of wants he he just kind of wants to fit in a little bit he's he lashes out a little bit but not in such a way that it's extreme but you can tell he has his own little struggles but uh the idea is that the the thompsons are going to go on a fishing trip uh the eldest son isn't really sure about going the youngest son really wants to go because he wants to do something uh that's kind of the conflict there is that there's a little bit of there's a fishing trip that's at stake. It's like the big fishing trip, right? So, uh, Mr. Selinsky goes off to the office for for like a for like a demonstration, a demonstration of his invention, uh, and then the youngest son, the youngest Thompson, accidentally hits a baseball into the attic of the Selinsky's home, and the attic is where the laser or where the, the invention is so the two siblings go to the Selinskis and they're like hey we need we want our ball back and then uh amy Selinsky is like okay sure you can come in and grab it so nick who's the youngest one who's the who's like the the smarty pants him and uh ron i believe ron is no, Russ. Little Russ uh, plays, right? He's the younger one. 
I'm trying to remember who's the younger one, who's the older one. I can't remember. Anyway, so the younger Thompson goes up with Nick, and they enter into the attic, and then they the so the ball hits the machine, and then it kind of goes haywire, right? And it's starting to zap at things, a couch, a sofa, or a couch, a chair. And then the two kids walk in, and then they get zapped. So the machine at this point is somehow working. It has to, They explain it later that the there was a laser that was overheating the machine, uh, which was causing it to make things explode because things were getting overheated. And so the baseball landed in such a way that it blocked the laser so that things weren't getting overheated, so things weren't exploding, so that the machine was able to properly shrink things. So the kids get trunk. Time passes, and Amy and the other Thompson boy uh, go upstairs, and they're like, what the hell's going on? And suddenly they get zapped. So now the four kids are all shrunk accidentally. Oh, no, big conflict. What do they do now? So unfortunately, cut to Wayne Selinski's, um, uh his like little press conference type thing that he's doing. And of course it doesn't go well. Everyone's like calling like nobody believes that he can make things shrink. Right. And so uh, he basically gets blown off. Now the, the science that he, that he presses or that Wayne Selinski kind of proposes is the idea that atoms and molecules are, are, are mostly made up of empty space, right? That's the thing. And if they can somehow take that empty space and remove it or at least cause the atoms or molecules to be able to compact themselves together, they will be able to shrink objects and it'll be much easier for things to go, to move around. Now, here is where I... I don't really have an issue with it because you have to suspend your you have to suspend your disbelief. You have to be like, this is just a, a random Disney movie and this is just fun and all fun and games. But that, I feel like the the problem with that science is, and this is a similar issue. Like if you ever if you've ever watched Ant Man, they they bring this up, and that's why uh, Marvel came up with the concept of the pin particle as a way to kind of explain this problem is the fact that if you condense things, you also increase their density because things become much more dense when they shrink. Right. That's the thing. And so the question becomes, all right, but how do you solve the density problem? And so I think for Marvel, their quote unquote, their answer was the pin particle. Right now, of course, you can't actually do this. You cannot physically shrink things and it go well. You cannot do it there. You just can't physically. It's it's scientifically impossible. But it's still one of those things where it's fun to kind of like just imagine like what if. Right. So. Go with it. It's fun. It's silly. Uh, and anyway, so Wayne Selinski comes home, and he's walking around. He's kind of like, what? he goes up to the machine. He's all mad. He starts smashing it. He's upset. And he's like, he notices that his thinking sofa, his thinking couch is gone. He's like, I don't know where it is. And he, after smashing a little bit of the laser, he begins to sweep up, but he doesn't hear the he doesn't hear the kids on the floor because the kids have been shrunk down to about a quarter inch tall, and he he can't hear them because they're so short, right? Because they're so tiny, so he sweeps them up, puts them in the garbage, and takes the garbage out to the back. So now the kids are stuck in a garbage bag in the backyard or in the alley behind the house. So the problem becomes: okay, well, how are they going to get back to the house in order to inform their dad what's happened? So they 
cut themselves out of the garbage bag, and they basically begin making the trek all across the backyard back to the house. Now, they make a point of saying, you know, oh, like, with us being so short or so small, it's, like, miles for us to cross. We're easily going to be here for, like, at least six hours, right? Uh, they, and so I, what I like about it is that they give you these kinds of, uh, I guess relative bits of information just to kind of have some sense of understanding of what's going on and how things are progressing. Because like, I feel like if they were just kind of, if they were like, okay, now they're shrunk, now they're in the backyard, now they make their journey. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. But like, if they're that small, how long would it actually take? You know, like what are, what are the issues that they are facing? What are the problems? Right. And one of the problems is the fact that it's going to take them hours maybe days to walk several miles like later in the movie Wayne Zielinski makes a point of saying he's like yeah like to them it's probably like a 10 mile trip I don't know how long it takes to walk 10 miles because I don't know miles because I'm Canadian but I assume it's a hell of a long time so I do like the fact that they tried to give us some sense of context uh of how much of how of you know of the issue that they're facing basically now, while that's all happening, uh, Wayne goes back upstairs and then he's going around and he like steps on something and he realizes that he stepped on his thinking couch. He's like, what the hell is this doing here? And then he's like, oh, this is a problem. And the mom comes home. Mom comes home. They patch things up, you know, a little bit. Like, that's why I say that the, the, the turmoil wasn't so big because uh, they were very easy, very easily able to kind of like talk to each other and, you know. She was able to sell a house. He he told her that his his demonstration or his um, what is it called? Yeah, demonstration. Sure, demonstration. His thing didn't go well, and so she empathizes and whatever. And so she's like, "Well, where are the kids?" And at this point, the kids had only been gone for a couple hours, right? Next door, the Thompsons are also like, "Well, wait, where are the kids?" Like last we checked, they were just right here. And then like uh. Russell Sr.'s, like, fishing friend arrives to go with to go with them to their, like, their fishing thing that they're doing that weekend. And he's like, I, we can't. Like, he makes up some story about how, uh, about how May is not feeling well. Uh, and so kind of shoes his friend away. His friend kind of goes off. Um, and it's, at the, it's around this point where Wayne Zielinski realizes, oh, shit, my couch has been shrunk. And I think the same must have happened to the kids because, yeah, like he's he just kind of deduces that. And so now the mom is like freaking out. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, they called the cops. The cops get reports of missing children. Uh, but ultimately, it comes down to uh, Wayne and Diane Selinsky in the backyard on like weird sling things kind of going around. And, like, trying to search through the grass to try and find the kids. So that's going up on the surface world. In the shrunken world, this is where things are super, super interesting. Because from a film point, from a filmmaker's point of view, there's, the, there's some bonding going on. You know, like, there's, uh, like, um, Amy Selinsky and, I guess, Russ, I think it's Russ Jr. I think he's the elder. I think he's the older one. I think. Anyway, the older of the Thompsons, they start be, they start kind of flirting, and you know, you know, they start bonding. Um, 
and they're trying to find ways to get the to get higher up and everything and the design of the shrunken world is so is so good like they did such a good job of creating giant versions of like blades of grass pieces of dirt pollen like when they like at one point one of the kids lands in a in pollen or in, in a flower and he gets covered in pollen and it looks like big giant yellow th- clumps of stuff and like realistically if you look at pollen through a through a microscope that's what it looks like and they were like oh no what about your allergies and he's like the pollen bits are too big to even go into my nose and i think that's very interesting right because they make a point of of uh like um bringing up that fact of bringing up size relativity and stuff like if he if you were the size of a quarter of an inch would the pollen particles be big enough or small enough to still enter your nose and and trigger your allergies so i think it's interesting that they did that and we're like no they it wouldn't because the pollen is so big right any hoozles uh they uh a bee comes down grabs the elder thompson and and the younger Selinsky accidentally and they fly off onto a bee the bee design is also really good it like uh it looks exactly like a real bee if the bee was just bigger uh right so like the little bits of hair on it the eyes everything it's very good uh they get separated from everyone eventually uh everybody kind of comes back together uh the water sprinkler goes off and so it kind of launches these giant water uh, droplets are all over the place that look really cool and of course very dangerous uh, they did a really good job of like imitating that at some point uh, at some point they come across like I think it's an Oreo yeah like uh, like an Oreo that was like in the backyard that's how uh, they get food that way um, they befriend an ant which I think is great uh, it's really like Again, it's basically just like if they took an ant and just, you know, grew it, right? It, they did a really great job of the design of the ant, like the antenna and the, the pincers and the hair and the little hairs, the eyes and everything. Uh, and they were able to kind of use the ant as a sort of uh, a steed, right? So like everybody, like three of, three of the kids go onto the thorax. They're all just kind of lying there while one of the kids like leads it with like a piece of cookie. Uh, they kind of befriend the ant. It's very good. Uh, at some point, they end up in a piece of Lego, and they sleep inside the Lego piece, which I thought was very fun. Uh, and then next morning, they get like caught by a scorpion, uh, which was really creepy. Uh, a lot of these creatures, like the scorpion and the ant, in some ways, when they're when they're expanded, when they're showing like the full body, it it's very apparent that it's using stop motion. Uh, but I think it's. I think it still works. Like the stop motion looks really good. The creatures themselves just look very, very good, right? That's that's what it is because like I feel like they could have done a I feel like they could have kind of called it and just like phoned it in and not done as good of a job, but everything looks so good. That was the big thing that really uh that I guess kind of took me aback was how good everything really looked right and so i was very happy to see that the i guess set designers and perhaps the puppeteers or whatever just made things look as good as they did and it really really definitely helped uh with the 
uh, I suppose, immersion of the film. Um, it helped with that suspension of disbelief. Uh, it just made everything feel and seem so much more real as opposed to just kind of looking at it and being and things being so easily dismissed, if that makes sense, in terms of the design of things. Now, unfortunately, during the scorpion attack, the ant comes back uh, that I believe they named Andy, uh, which I was like, um, that's what you're naming this ant? Okay. Uh, oh, no, sorry, Auntie. Auntie, that's what they named it. Uh, and Auntie comes to the state to the rescue. Fortunately, the kids were able to get out, but Auntie, unfortunately, was stung by the uh, by the scorpion, and so we get the dying scene of the ant, and it's all very sad. And you know, it's they they played as they played as a very sweet moment actually, because at this point, you know. The kids had kind of, you know, grown to really like the, to really love the ant as as if it were you know a pet, and so there's this very somber moment of the ant dying, uh, but of course then they're just forced to move on. Now, at this point, Nick's friend Tommy uh, arrives to mow the lawn, uh, and he's very eager about it because Nick, the younger Selinsky basically roboticized the mower the lawnmower so you don't have to physically push it anymore you can just con uh, uh, remote control it and so Nick's friend uh, is very excited to do it and so he turns on the mower uh, and starts using the lawnmower the parents the Selinskis freak out they're like oh no what are we gonna do and so they go and try and stop him from using it uh, the mower arrives on like uh, a little hole in the ground which was made by like they say uh, the kids find one opening of the hole and they kind of go through it. Uh, and I think Nick makes a point of saying that it was made by like an earthworm who, who, uh, who lay dormant at, uh, around that time. I think it, they make, I think they say it happened. It's everything's happening in like the spring or something. Uh, and then the lawnmower just happens to stop above like, um, uh, like an, an another opening of the tunnel and it creates a vacuum that's sucking up all the kids. And you're thinking, oh, shit, the kids are going to get – they're just going to die. They're going to get cut up by this lawnmower. But fortunately, they end up getting up, and then they fly out the side of the lawnmower. You know the part, the area that, like, spits out all the cut-up grass and everything? So fortunately, they shut it down. Uh, the kids are, like, lying in the, in the dirt. The, they're right by the parents. They're screaming and they're yelling. And then their little dog, Quark – which I, I love the, the dog's name, Quirk, comes in, is like sniffing around, finds them. They hitch a ride on his muzzle, and then they tell the dog to run inside to follow the parents. So the parents go inside, and they're kind of having breakfast. And the dog leaves or put like gets up onto the table. The kids land on the table. Uh, Nick, however, falls into the bowl of cereal that his dad is eating, and then, like, right before the dad is about to put the the spoonful of cereal in his mouth with his kid in it, uh, Quark kind of bites his ankle and, like, makes forces him to look down into the spoon. And there in the spoon, with a magnifying glass, he sees his son. And so now this is where the parents finally catch sight of the kids. So that's happened. So they call the Thompsons over. The Thompsons have a freak out. Now they're fine. But at least now they know where the kids are. Now they know they're safe. And now they know what to do. So... 
Mr. Zelensky then fixes the machine. Uh, he hears from the kids what made it work, which is the fact that the baseball was blocking the laser. So he fixes it up, makes it work properly. And then, yeah, makes it so that he's able to, re- to reverse the shrinking process, which he successfully does. So the kids are now good. Everyone's happy. Everyone's back to normal. Uh, and then we cut to what looks like a big Thanksgiving dinner, or at least the very least a turkey dinner. And he uh, he blew up the turkey a little bit. So now the turkey is actually bigger than a normal sized turkey. Anyway, so, yeah. And then we basically have like a happy ending. All the kids are safe. Everyone's happy. The kids have bonded. They're all friends now. The parents are, are amicable towards each other, I suppose. Uh, and, yeah, that's pretty much the movie in... In retrospect, when you look at the film, there's the majority of what happens with this movie happens with the kids. They're the protagonists. They're the main story. That's story A. Story B is the parents. Uh, they're all right. But all the things that happen with the kids are what's interesting. That's where the character development is. That's where uh, you see the change and everything. And again, like looking at this movie and looking at what they did with some of the uh, designs and everything of the creatures and uh, just the sets and the the shrunken world, everything looks so good and so believable. That's the thing. Like, yeah, like a little bit you can kind of tell. It's like, oh, okay, this is obviously man-made set design. But the amount of detail that they went with it and that they decided to go with is legitimately impressive and i think they did an amazing job in this movie i i really think at the very least from like a product from a production standpoint from a visual standpoint is very good it's very very good uh it's not that long it's only about an hour and a half uh the budget was 18 million it's which is interesting considering that like um considering like the amount of technology and effects that would have had to go into this film great it it made oh, it made 222.7 million dollars it definitely made it definitely made its the fact uh and actually ended up causing uh or uh calling for several sequels for two two movie sequels um and a television series and actual like several theme park attractions uh like i like the there's so the, the sequels are uh, Honey, I Shrunk Ourselves and Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Uh, and then I honestly didn't know there was a television series, which is basically just Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is supposed to be just a, a television series. Uh, apparently, the series ran for three seasons uh, at the end of the 90s, from 97 to 2000. Uh, it didn't have Rick Moranis come back. It had somebody else cast as Wayne Zielinski. But the idea is that, uh, you know, just with... With like new technologies, different adventures, and that kind of thing. It was filmed. Uh, it was filmed in Calgary, uh, so that's nice. <laughs> Little Disney project up here, uh, and yeah. So that's the series. I'll put uh, a. I'll put the what's it called? The I guess the theme music, not the theme music. Um, the title sequence. I'll put the title sequence uh, in the show notes so that y'all can kind of take a look at it and see what it was about. Honestly, personally, I don't remember it at all. I don't. Uh, which is wild, considering that I kind of grew up on, like, on, on like Disney Channel uh, when I was younger. I remember, like, 
uh, Disney Channel Afternoon, but I don't remember the show. Anyway, so yeah, so that ran for a few seasons. Uh, and yeah, uh, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves was in 92, or sorry, 97. Honey, We Blew Up the Kid uh, was in 92. So it goes, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, and then Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Uh, that's the order of the series. I'm not going to touch on the other two, the other two f- uh, films, uh, just because next week I I've already put it off long enough. But I want to jump onto the, um, what's it called? I want to jump onto the, uh, the Renaissance period. So I want to start that next week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, from what I understand, the other two movies did okay. Uh, like. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid was budget $32 million, box office $96 million, uh, and then Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves was just a budget of $7 million, so super short. Uh, it was a direct-to-video release. I don't imagine it was uh, super crazy su- successful. However, there has been talks about a uh, of a reboot called Shrunk, Uh it's kind of a legacy sequel to the trilogy. Now it's going to star Josh Gad as Nick Selinsky. Uh, and apparently the plot is going to be about Nick kind of following in his dad's footsteps, becoming a scientist and inventor, and most likely the ridiculousness of uh, what goes on from there. Fortunately in January, 2020 uh, Rick Moranis, it was announced he was in early negotiations to come out of his acting retirement and reprise his role as Wayne Selinsky. So that's exciting. Uh, nothing too uh, concrete about that because then we got into the COVID uh, shutdown and everything. So that kind of put everything on pause. But in January 2022, both Gad, uh, Gad stated that he and Moranis had once again started collaborating in preparation for the sequel. Now, I believe the sequel is going to be one of those Disney Plus exclusives. So we'll see what comes out of that. But it is nice to see. It is nice to think that Rick Moranis is kind of coming out of retirement. He, you know, we miss him. He's great. He's he's a Canadian treasure. He's a classic. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens there. It'll be very interesting to see uh, how that goes. Uh, now, as for like the Disney attraction, so the attraction was in Disneyland uh, called Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, which I'm fairly certain I remember. Uh, it's also known as Micro Adventure in Tokyo Disney uh, and is basically what you would think it is. It's basically just the audience gets shrunk down and then it's a hilarious little uh, like it's a 23 minute show uh, and that's about it. It opened in March 28th of 1999 in Disney. Oh, no, that's in Disney Park. Sorry, that's, that's in Disneyland Paris. My apologies. Uh, started in uh, in Epcot uh, in November 21st of 1994. Uh, closed in May 9th of 2010. In Disneyland, it opened in Tomorrowland, uh, May 22nd, 98. Closed January 4th, 2010. Uh, Tokyo Disney, uh, it was opened in April 15th of 97. Closed May 10th of 2010. And then in Disneyland Paris, March 28th, 99 opening, May 3rd, 2010 closing. Uh, almost Oh no! All four of these were replaced uh, by the Captain EO tribute, uh, or the Captain EO, which was uh, the um, the the short film that 
Michael Jackson created. It's like a 3D short film. Uh, stars Michael Jackson, written by George Lucas, directed by Francis Ford Coppola for some reason. I don't know, but like that's like that's wild. Uh, so yeah, so that show that is the show that replaced uh, Honey I Shrunk Honey I Shrunk the Audience in all of these parks. So uh, I will also link uh, the ride through. I guess you can call it. Uh, if uh if it is available uh if it is available then yeah i'll throw it in there uh so we can all kind of enjoy the ridiculousness of it uh yeah i found it here it's it looks like it's a runtime of about 15 minutes so the 23 minutes is probably including um like pre-show uh what's it called um uh, like pre-show queue line and stuff like that so that's probably what that is. Either way, I'll throw it in there. Uh, I have here the Epcot version, so I'll throw that in since that was the original version, technically. Uh, and yeah. So needless to say, this property definitely had some traction. And I certainly, I firmly believe that is because the original uh, did so well. And yeah, so congratulations to the designers again like i can't stop raving about it they did such a fantastic job of it uh yeah it's a it's a very it's a fun movie it's it's chill uh i give it maybe six or seven out of ten it's one of those movies you can just kind of shut off your brain and just watch if you want to see something kind of fun you want to see something classic uh yeah however now uh like i said i'm not going to delve into the sequels this is the first time I will be doing this. Uh, probably the only time. Uh, but I'm going to be starting the Renaissance next week. I am very, very excited to start talking about the Renaissance period next week. The Renaissance holds a very, very special place in my heart, considering that I, I grew up with all of those movies, you know, straight from the beginning, from the right from The Little Mermaid all the way up. Uh, these movies mean a lot to me. Uh they really kind of helped to, I guess, mold my love of musicals and mold my love of performing and singing and things like that. And so they, these movies mean a lot to me. They really do. So I'm excited to talk about them. Next week, next week it starts, The Little Mermaid, 1989, the movie that kind of saved the company more or less and i hope you'll join me for that all right thank you all so much for joining me uh love you all big hugs uh take your meds eat your food drink your water get some exercise we're getting into the summer so go outside get some air get some sunshine it's healthy it's good for you but until that but until next time i'll i'll check in with you all later bye <laughs>